Hello, welcome to episode 102 of the LDS study session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. We are going to continue to, and well, finish our Come Follow Me study for this week, uh, found on September the 2nd to September the 8th, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 to 16, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Uh, we're going to look in the final section, in the individual section, uh, which is entitled, Resurrected Bodies are Different from Mortal Bodies, which is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 35 to 54. So it's interesting because obviously at this stage uh, in um, Paul's ministry, the church is still very young uh, compared to, you know, the number of years of mankind. And um, there are some kind of questions about what a resurrected body is or what a resurrected body looks like. In verse 35, Paul says, but some men will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? So obviously, you know, we know Paul explains to them that the apostles have seen Christ resurrected he has seen Christ resurrected. Uh, a group of 500 people saw Christ resurrected. However, many of them will not have seen Christ. And so obviously with this relatively new doctrine, uh, which was before them, they were questioning, well, what does that look like? How does that work? Uh, and so he was therefore needing to explain this to them, which you know is, is fantastic that we kind of get this explanation uh, in scripture. So, um, Paul goes on to say, uh, in verse 36 to 38, he gives a kind of, a, of, a, of an, an analogy. He says, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not, that body shall be, but bear grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. So he's explaining that it's like a seed going into the ground, that the seed is like our mortal body. And I quite like this, um, although there is some clarification in a quote, which I'll share later. Um, it continues in 43 to 45, just to give a bit more detail. It is sown in dishonour, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening, quickening spirit. So it's like you imagine a huge oak tree, okay? So imagine the oak tree is, you know, grand and it's got all power and it's immense. And then it sows this seed, okay? Or it, or it kind of develops the seed, I should say, to begin with. And I, I picture this as kind of our Heavenly Father as the oak tree with many, many infinite years of wisdom compared to the acorn uh, on that tree uh, and, you know, has all knowledge, etc. And then it produces this seed, this acorn, um, which, you know, is small in knowledge and power compared to the oak tree. And then it's, it's living there as an acorn and then it falls to the ground and it goes into the ground and is buried. Now, this is where there's a bit of confusion with the analogy because, of course, the acorn, whilst it's fallen from the tree, I mean, I'm not completely full up on my biology knowledge, but I don't believe that then that, seed, that acorn dies and then grows into the tree. But that's the key difference, I guess, in the analogy. That's the one kind of deviation where it doesn't quite work. We do actually die and we lose our life. But then the acorn sprouts into eventually this oak tree. And I guess that's the other deviation as well, is that it doesn't take many, many, many years for that acorn to then sprout into the oak tree. 
that resurrected body comes out as resurrected and it is already perfected. I guess, you know, to reach the, um, the knowledge and the wisdom and the stature of our Heavenly Father, it will still take us a while. And, that's, and this is where, you know, we discuss it's a, some very deep doctrine here. But in terms of how we develop over time, do we still develop after we're resurrected? Or is that it? You know, have we stopped developing? I kind of err on the side where we are still developing uh, after resurrected, but we are perfected um, in, in our body uh, at that point. So anyway, I'm not going to go too deep into that because I, you know, I, actually, if you've got anything to share with me to add, shed some light on that, I'd love to hear from you at Matt S. Roberts on Twitter. Um, would be wonderful. Um, but there is a quote uh, by uh, President Howard W. Hunter who um, did talk about this and it gave a bit of clarification as well. Uh, he said, quote, There is a separation of the spirit and the body at the time of death. The resurrection will again unite the spirit with the body, and the body becomes a spiritual body, one of flesh and bones, but quickened by, by the spirit instead of blood. Thus our bodies, after the resurrection, quickened by the spirit, shall become immortal and never die. This is the meaning of the statements of Paul, that there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body, and that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The natural body is flesh and blood, but quickened by the spirit instead of blood, and it can and will enter the kingdom, close quote. Now, I'm really grateful for that explanation because I think sometimes the phrases like quickened and flesh and blood and flesh and bone are quite subtle and um, nuanced. And so to have that clear explanation there is really useful, um, that this quickened body, um, this quickening spirit is our spirit returning to our body and our body living through the power of the spirits rather than blood coursing through our veins um so i thought that was uh thought, thought that was like, quite interesting uh, to, to look at the other aspect of this uh, obviously so we know that body a resurrected body is an immortal quickened li living forever body which will never die for it is quickened by the spirit um we also then question what does it look like what are the differences in bodies and then that leads us to verses 40 to 41 now, uh, well, I'm going to read the Joseph Smith translation version of verse 40 and then verse 41 and explain why, first of all, um, you know, that makes sense, uh, the, the kind of adjustment that uh, the prophet Joseph Smith made in his um, in divine translation of, this, of these scriptures. He said, there are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial and bodies dual, but the body of the glory of the celestial one and the glory of the terrestrial one, and the terrestrial another, and the celestial another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. And you can see there that um, it does make sense, because in the original it just mentions celestial and terrestrial, but then it talks about sun, moon, and stars, three separate things. And so it would make sense that there is three distinct categories of, of resurrected bodies, celestial, terrestrial, and celestial. Um, President John Taylor, I think it was, yes, um, he said this, quote, we are told that if we cannot abide the law of the celestial kingdom, we cannot inherit a celestial glory. Is that, is not that doctrine? Yes. But, says one, are we not, are not all, we all going into the celestial kingdom? I think not, unless we turn round and mend our ways very materially. It is only those who can abide a celestial glory and obey a celestial law that will be prepared to enter a celestial kingdom. Well, says another, 
Are the others going to be burned up, etc.? No. Do you expect everybody to walk according to the higher law? No, I do not. And do I expect those that do not are going into this into the celestial kingdom? No, I do not. Well, 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 where will they go? If they are tolerably good men and do not do anything very bad, they will get into a terrestrial kingdom. And if there are some that cannot abide a terrestrial law, they may get into a celestial kingdom or otherwise, as the case may be, etc., etc. Close quote. I just love kind of that matter-of-fact explanation because obviously we have Doctrine and Covenants uh, 76, which is also fantastic, worth studying uh, along with this. Um, but it's also very long, um, but it gives a lot of the detail there. So I'm not going to go completely into that, but there's a, a very great, good explanation between Doctrine and Covenants 76 verses 50 to 112, which outlines the celestial, terrestrial and telestial bodies uh, and glories and so on. But I love uh, John Taylor's explanation here about, well, will we all get celestial kingdom? No, not all of us can abide a celestial law. But, you know, will everyone be burned? Well, no, no, we're not going to be burned. They're all, you know, lost forever. So but if they can't go to the celestial kingdom, where do they go? Well, terrestrial kingdom, and then there's the celestial kingdom, and so on. Um, I just I, 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 I like that clear explanation. And then um, also the Come Follow Me manual encourages us to look at phrases between mortal and resurrected bodies in these verses. And I, actually, I was quite surprised by how much there was. I thought there'd be a few, but actually there I counted myself eight different comparisons between a, a mortal body and a resurrected body. Um, and by the way, this resurrected body obviously applies to celestial, terrestrial and telestial bodies, um, which kind of gives you a, a, an indication about the blessing you receive, even if you do receive a celestial glory. But obviously it will not be the, uh, the glory and blessing of a celestial. <coughs> uh, we've got a body of flesh and blood uh, in, in mortality. And then we have um, phrases such as celestial, telestial, terrestrial for resurrected. We have corruption versus incorruption, seed versus grain, dishonor versus glory, weakness versus power, natural versus spiritual, earthly versus, or is it earthy actually? I'll just read it. Yeah, it's earthy, not earthly, um, versus heavenly. And then living versus quickening. And of course, that refers to uh, what President Howard W. Hunter was saying about the spirit quickening the body. Um, so obviously, on the mortal side, a lot of um, kind of faulty or, you know, flawed phrases, whereas the resurrected, a lot of wonderful, glorious, hopeful phrases. And that's where we are all destined, even those that are not members of the church at all, who don't believe in Christ or who, you know, or those who go about and hurt others. You know, there is the only people that will not receive a resurrected body of some description are those who deny the Holy Ghost, who have felt, truly felt, of the Spirit and of Christ and have gained a true and honest testimony and then go completely against it and try and destroy the church and so on. Um, but, you know, outside of that, everyone else, and that is a lot of people, that, that is probably a minority, a very small minority when you look at all the human race, um, everyone else will get an opportunity to receive a resurrected, glorified body, which, for me, is one of the reasons why I love the doctrine of Christ. Um, it is... It is a wonderful gift that because of what he did, and it's all because of what he did through the atonement, which is what we always come back to. Uh, I mean, it's such a key part of our faith. Uh, I'm grateful uh, for the opportunity that I've had to share this with you and my thoughts. 
If there's anything that you've been studying around this, I'd love to hear it as well, at Matt S. Roberts 90 or post your favourite scripture and quote there, and I'd love to share it later. Uh, thank you for your time, and until we meet again.